Arthur Brown, Mysteries. Adventures in excitement and suspense, based on the best-selling novels by the slick storytelling sensation, Carter Brown. dawned bright with determination for me. The old man and Sue Pearson may have taken what I said for bravado, but I was determined to prove that the jinx tag they'd fixed on Whitney Kent was a lie. I decided to say nothing about the visit of Slade, the blue circle detective agency man. That was something I'd take up later with Milton Moore. First, I wanted words with Jim Berg, our security man. Well, morning, Whitney. The super salesman with a no-good product. Well, you got my sympathy, pal. Thanks for nothing. What gives, Jim? Anything new? Yeah, not a thing. The top brass are in conference this morning. They're going to use Hangar C to start on the next F-92K. i got to have four guards around that building night and day from here on. Who gets in? Only the staff connected with the work. And the executives? Oh, I'm sorry, Whit. You're not included. It was your father's instructions. Oh, that's okay, Jim. He told me to take three weeks vacation. Looks like he means it. You have any leads? No. I figured Gene Latimer made a mistake somewhere, like the Air Force character says, but heck, I'm no engineer, just an ex-FBI man trying to make a living. So I have to presume the plane was sabotaged. Right now, I'm starting a double check on all the employees who could have gotten near that plane. How many of them are there? Oh, over a hundred. Looks like quite a job, doesn't it? Mr. Berg, I wish you luck. You will need every ounce of it. You're around bright and early, Whitney. Just paying my round of calls. Chuck in. He's got Mr. Moore with him. Then maybe I won't bother. I've got something to say to you. Anything from those luscious lips I will listen to with pleasure. Not this you won't. It's about last night. The way you talked to your father. Why can't you even try to appreciate his point of view? His point of view goes no further than Kent Aircraft. Everything else runs a bad second. You're a fool, Whitney. And you're a beautiful girl. But if you don't stop worrying about your boss and start enjoying life, you'll look in your mirror one fine morning and realize it's too late. You'll finish up senior stenographer till they pension you off. Oh, Sue! Mr. Kent free at the moment? I'm sorry, Mr. Latimer. He's in conference. Well, I'll uh, see him later. Uh, just a minute, Gene. I'm busy, Whitney. Not too busy for what I've got to say. I've thought of a perfect solution to your problem. Oh? Yeah. When you've got this next F-92K ready to test... Let me fly it. That's what you've been after all the time. Let's not argue about that. Look at it another way. If the plane's okay, everything's fine. The Air Force resumes their deliveries. The orders I've taken can be filled. On the other hand, if the plane doesn't work, if it goes in the same way that one did yesterday morning, who gets crisped up? You do. Right. So if it does borrow its way into the dirt and takes Whitney Kent with it, at least you know that one line of investigation is closed. Well, what about it? Hmm, it's worth thinking about. I'll devote quite a lot of thought to your proposition. Good morning. Why do you have this hero complex? Why don't you let the experts work it out? People like Latimer and Jim Berg and the others. It's their job. Except for one thing. They can't fly. They can never appreciate how Hank Jordan felt when the plane got away from him. It's beyond their experience. But not beyond yours. Because you're not only a flyer, but a hero as well. Yeah, if you want it that way, that's just how I do feel. You've spent your life shining the seat of your skirt on a stenographer's chair. You don't know any more about it than the rest of them. 
Who the heck are you to sneer at the guys who fly the planes? I wasn't sneering at the real heroes, Whitney. Only the phony ones. Thanks for those kind words. One of these days you'll eat them. And they'll give you indigestion. I swept out of her office and headed down the corridor to the office of Milton Moore. I figured he'd be finished with his conference with Chuck pretty soon, and I wanted to talk with the new director. It was easy to ignore Moore's red-headed secretary's protests, though not her profile, and I settled down in his private office to wait. Is this the customary procedure around here, Mr. Kent? Bursting into people's offices without permission? Oh, I'll give you permission, Mr. Moore. You can come right in. Your kind of behavior is something I am not accustomed to. There's something I'm not accustomed to either. That's having a private detective go through my bags in my hotel room. Oh? A blue circle agent, name of Slade. That's the outfit you engaged, isn't it? What's the idea having them investigate me? Even a young pup like you ought to have sense enough to see that Latimer's accusations against you, wild as they may have been, should be checked. Now, will you get out of my office? In a minute. How are things with the Ace Aero Corporation these days? I wouldn't know. How were they when you left? All right. What were they building? Jets, naturally. Bombers or fighters? Fighters. As good as the F-92K? No. Just what is it you're trying to insinuate, young man? I was just wondering. You pulled Ace Arrow out of trouble. You put them back on their feet, then left them. I wondered why. I wondered if you still had any association with Ace Arrow. Financial association, I mean. It just occurred to me that if you had, you were backing a losing proposition when Kent Aircraft produced the F-92K. Is that all? No. It also occurred to me that, on the other hand, if Kent Aircraft had a lot of trouble with their planes, then maybe Ace Aero could buy them out cheaply when the psychological moment came. And if Ace Aero could then build the F-92K without bugs, they could sell them, couldn't they? Are you seriously suggesting that I would descend to murder just to protect my capital? I'm not suggesting anything. I'm only thinking out loud. I must say you go in for original thinking, Kent. I'd better tell you some of the facts of an executive's life. I didn't have any capital interest in Ace Aero for one simple reason. I didn't have any capital. The 25% holding I have in your father's organization was bought with money loaned to me by Owen Holmeyer. He wanted to invest some money in this firm. He knew what I'd done for Ace Aero, so he was prepared to lend me capital to invest. He thought of it as a safeguard for his own investment. Oh, so you see, Kent that if anyone has good reason for wanting Kent Aircraft to sell their F-92Ks again, it's me. I... I guess so. Now, do you mind leaving my office? I have work to do. Of all the crazy fool things to do... Not to me, Chuck. Mr. Moore was having me investigated, so I thought I might give him a little of the same treatment. I'm not talking about that. Moore had it coming, you gave it to him. Made me feel sort of proud of you. For the first time? No, Whitney. There were many times when you were in Korea when I was proud of you. When I was proud of you in Europe, too. Proving that you could sell aircraft with the best of them. What is this, old home week? But I'm mad at you. How in the name of creation could you do a stupid thing like that? I thought you said Moore had it coming. I'm not talking about Moore. I'm talking about that crazy fool offer you made to Gene Latimer. Oh, that? Yeah, that. Latimer wants to take you up on the offer. Hallmeyer and Moore think it's a great idea. What the heck could I say? That you figure it's a great idea, too. That's what I did say. It's 
So you're all set to fly the next F-92K. When? Saturday. They're working 24 hours a day on oh, it. Oh, that's fine. Uh, Sue says you've got a hero complex. I think it's a plain darn fool complex. Maybe. But Gene Latimer was right about one thing. I threw the first one away by flying it when I wasn't exactly sober. That gives me a sort of responsibility, Chuck. Boy Scout stuff. It's more than that. That first plane had bugs. If I'd been sober, I could have told you what particular bug it was. But I can't remember anything. Well? Well, I've got a feeling. If that plane still has bugs and I fly it, I think the memory might come back and I might be able to do something about it before it's too late. Uh, maybe you aren't such a darn fool after all. You really want to fly the F-92K? Of course. Okay. That's what I wanted to know. That it wasn't just bravado. What you say makes sort of sense, I think. Thanks. You, um, comfortable at the beach house? Sure. Anytime you feel like eating real food, come up to the house for dinner. Thanks. Now get out of here. I'm busy. Okay. I'll leave you to it, Chuck. Well, congratulations, Whitney. On what? That interview with your father. Oh. The perfect secretary. Keeps the intercom open so she can hear everything that goes on, huh? Well, I don't make a habit of it. But I did that time. Come here, Whitney. What for? I'd like to kiss you. Well, to what do I owe that tremendous experience? You could call it an apology. I was quite wrong about you, Whitney Kent. I'm sort of glad I was wrong, too. I'd spent a lot of my time waiting, especially in Korea. But no waiting time was as bad as the days while the F-92K was got ready. Came Friday and I went down to the plant. The old man was with me. We're fixing the takeoff at 7 a.m. tomorrow, Whit. I've got it cleared with the Air Force, okay, 30 minutes. They've defined the area and so forth, so you can collect all the dope this afternoon, met reports, etc. Sure. I thought I'd collect some flying gear today. I've had it taken into the hangar here. Berg's doubling the guard tonight and is watching things himself as well. Good. Oh, there's Latimer, stroking the fuselage like it was a tame cat. Hello there, Gene. Hi, Whitney. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. I've checked every inch of it. Then I shouldn't have any trouble tomorrow. Whitney, it occurs to me that I said a lot of stupid things a while back. I'm sorry. That's okay, Gene. I can appreciate how you felt. And that's my gear there, huh? Yup. I think I'd like to take the parachute out and have a look at it. But it's all packed. Then I'd like it unpacked. After all, I'm flying this butterbox tomorrow. Okay, Whitney, whatever you say. I had a queer crawling feeling along my spine. And when the chute was unfolded and billowed out in the hangar's expanse, I realized why. There was a six-foot slit across the center. That chute wouldn't have brought a mouse down safely, let alone a guy of my weight. Latimer, what's the meaning of this? Don't ask me, Mr. Kent. As far as I knew, that chute was checked and packed properly. Lucky for me, I took a look. I think I'll borrow one from the Air Force and bring it along in the morning and... Put it in myself. Wait. If they could do that to the chute. Yes, Chuck. What could they do to the plane? Oh. 